Applications for the Techstars Tech Central Sydney Accelerator Class of 2024 are closing on the 22nd of May. I'm Kirsten Hunter, the Managing Director of Techstars Sydney, and I'm looking for diverse and unstoppable founders who are using technology to solve the world's biggest problems to join this Accelerator cohort. The 12 successful businesses will get access to our 13-week mentor-driven accelerator, $120,000 US investment, and access to the Techstars network for life. Head to our Accelerator webpage to learn more and to apply. I missed a family holiday to Gold Coast. So like they went up to Dreamworld and I stayed home for three days and just coded, coded, coded. Got it to a point over probably a two-week period that we were able to demo it. And it, overall, it was about a six-week period between when we really kicked it off and then it was ready to go. Hello, and welcome to a new episode of Welcome to Day One, the podcast for Aussie founders, startups, and the organizations that support Australian entrepreneurship. Welcome to Day One is brought to you by the City of Newcastle's brand new innovation platform, Newey Hub. Today on the show, you'll hear from Colin Gowdy, the co-founder of Social Pinpoint. Hey, I'm Colin Gowdy from Social Pinpoint. Social Pinpoint's a software as a service platform um, aimed at the community engagement space. Most of its clients are, are councils and large infrastructure projects that need to create a place for the community to collaborate with them. But first, I'd like to tell you about another organisation that is helping startups succeed in our region. The City of Newcastle is a big supporter of entrepreneurship in our region and has recently launched a brand new digital hub called Newey Hub. Newey Hub is a growing and vibrant community of Newcastle startups and founders. It's a central hub where you can learn about what's going on in our ecosystem with events, available jobs and other resources. Welcome Today One is brought to you by the City of Newcastle and the brand new innovation community digital platform, Newey Hub. Now, let's go back to day one where this story begins. So originally, Social Pinpoint was purely a mapping tool. So basically, giving a way to communicate geospatially, so putting a place or a, you know, a, a spot to your concern or your suggestion for councils and government, basically an advanced survey. So rather than just filling in a survey or throwing an idea or a suggestion to council, you can actually pinpoint, that's where the name came from, Social Pinpoint being a, a very map-based, location-based collaborative tool. Before starting Social Pinpoint, Colin worked for a mining company pretty much straight out of university. And that is where Colin met his co-founder, Charles. Charles and I met in 2002 at a mining software company. So he was on technical sales side and I was in development. Uh, That was my first job out of university as a developer. Colin went out on his own using his skills that he had developed as a coder to help businesses implement software from a little company you may have heard of Atlassian. I'd gone into the Atlassian consulting space. I spent about six or seven years, you know, remoting into different people's businesses, implementing Atlassian software for them. That's my background. Having been exposed to the world of software as a service through Atlassian and just through the rise of SaaS businesses around that time, Colin and Charles were excited by the opportunity presented by such a business model. I mean, we were looking for a way to get into the, the SaaS business. We wanted to build a web SaaS tool that we could sell. They were excited to build a product that could be built once and service a large number of customers. An opportunity was just around the corner through a personal relationship that one of the founders had, a tender from Port Stephens Council. They wanted a tool built to help them engage with the community. When we saw that proposal, we went, hang on, we could do this just as well as, I guess we saw the tool that Port Stephens had bought and then we went we could do that there's no reason why we can't build that 
and that ideally had a higher annual fee, like, you know, like a higher license so we could deal with less clients because we'd come from the mining sector so we knew that it was easier to, at the time, easier to support less clients with higher value and sort of went after that niche. You know, I think more and more councils are realising that the most vital source of information is people, like not, you know, not always just engineers, you know, like how to build infrastructure, it's actually the people who are going to be affected by it. They didn't end up winning that business, but a short while later, another council, Lake Macquarie, wanted a very similar product, which really made the Social Pinpoint team think, hey, this is actually an interesting idea. And that's where we decided we could build this tool and actually do it as a SaaS product and sell it. So that's that's what we did. So Lake Macquarie had approached Colin and Charles to build the software they were looking for. I think at that time, we were known as software implementers a little bit, that we could build software now that's where the the cool and this is I guess part of the relationship building is you know they gave us a go you know lo- locally we told them we we're up front we said we're going to charge you an annual license for something we don't actually have yet but this is what it will look like we did all the mock-ups and and all that obviously the tool looked nothing like the mock-ups by the time we sat down with Lake Mac and went through yeah. with them all the bits they wanted I missed a family holiday to Gold Coast so like they went up to Dreamworld and I stayed home for three days and just coded 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 got it to a point over probably a two week period that we were able to demo it and it, overall it was about a six week period between when we really kicked it off and then it was ready to go. After they finished the initial build in mid-2013 of what would be the first version of their mapping product and demoed it to Lake Macquarie Council, the guys decided that that would be a good time to officially start the company. So we registered and formed the company on 1st of July just to make it easy for the tax well not tax but you know just the financial year so yeah the original tender was even through Charles's consulting company at the time but then we switched everything over to Social Pinpoint Proprietary Limited and from that date I think 1st July 2013 was when it took off. So even though the company was formed and they were off to a great start with a customer it was a slow build. Charles and I were not full on this for until I mean for years probably it was always something that was I wouldn't say on the side but I mean we we were at the stage of life, Charles is a little bit older than me, but where, you know, you've got to make money and you have a mortgage and you've got all this sort of stuff. So there was never an option to, to go full into this thing. It was it, it has to work alongside us generating whatever revenue we had on the side. I just continued to do lasting consulting for years after we started Social Pinpoint. But obviously it just went, you know, it flicks over at some point where then you become full-time on your startup because you're making enough money. It's like, I think, if you guys read The Barefoot Investor, they talk about, I think it's the um, trapeze or something, thing where, you know, never let go of the other one until you've let go of the other. And that's, and like, I agree with it. Like, yeah, you can, I mean, look, if you really love an idea and you want to throw everything at it, go for it, especially if you're young. Um, But when you've got, you know, responsibilities, it's pretty risky to do that stuff. And I don't think you need to. You don't need to be a millionaire at 25 or whatever it is. You know what I mean? Like, there's... You've got decades, it'd be nice, nice, but yeah, there's decades of of time to, you know, do five different businesses, you know, so don't rush it. Like, we knew this was something that had some legs, but were we 100% committed early? Like, we were still trying to work out, is this the product we want or is this something else? Like, but it was pretty evident a year or two in that there was something there, you know, and then we went through that slingshot program and that sort of helped just align priorities. I think it just reaffirmed that we did have something there, so then let's... Because at that time we were totally remote, all that. We just got a little office at the business centre and said, let's hire someone there. And it wasn't too long after that that we actually moved offices again. But there was a period where we just, I just, I guess, set up shop and started to try and do it like, more seriously. 
For the last few years, Colin hasn't really touched a line of code in the business, but for the first few years, Colin was doing all the coding and product development. When they were in a position to make their first hire, it wouldn't be a programmer. It would be for another really important role. Our first employee was a customer success person, got her in, and I think in that next year we doubled sales, just having another body mm. there. So you're trying to find someone who is really friendly and open and can take a lot of that burden. So, like, customer success is basically, I mean, I'm yet to see where you'd lose money with a customer success person. So you've got something you can sell, and if you have someone who can support that, help keep someone renewing and or expand their you know, use of your tool, then that person's going to pay for themselves pretty quickly. Following on from that great first hire, the team just continued to grow from there. I've told you the complexity now because we've sold, so there's more people. But the actual social pinpoint side would be, I don't know, nearly 30 or something like that. But the whole company, because it's been bought by another one, is in the 60s or something, 60s or 70s. The social pinpoint team is strong today, but how did they get there? Colder outreach was one of their main strategies that the team employed early on. Basically, the great thing, and this was before we used tools to do it, was, you know, load up every council in Australia and start sending their front desk. The simple question was, can I please ask who's in charge of community engagement? Or It was something to do with, basically, it sounded like a public member, someone from the public just wanting to know about their community engagement. So they respond. Generally, the community engagement officer responds because they're like, oh, what's this inquiry about? Bang, got them. Let's talk. I mean, that's how we started to grow from all the initial clients would have come back from that, that those discussions. Now, when I say great, it's not like we scaled to 100 clients. There's... You know, there's 600 councils or whatever it is in Australia, and I think maybe two or 300 might be in the position to use our types of tools. So yeah. it, you're still trying to... And you, there's some bigger players in the markets. But I even looking back the other day, and some of our clients now were ones that we originally emailed in that list, you know, that they originally came back. But it was very manual at that time, you know, just sending out... You know, we had a pretty healthy conversion rate. Like, if someone came to us wanting a map... There wasn't really any other options. Like our biggest competitor, who is from Newcastle, at that time didn't have a map. Alongside outreach, Colin and the team made an early decision to invest in content marketing. And it was for a period of six to nine months or something where we put out a blog every week or whatever it was, twice. I can't remember the exact cadence, but it grew our site, you know, word count and everything. And there's some even now that still rank. Some of those articles were better quality than others but at the end of the day it gives you that that page and that domain presence years later which still you know you reap benefits from half the battle with startups is loving business and then staying in the game not worrying too much about don't get in love with the particular solution or anything like and even the problem space because you can be you're going to be wrong most of the time and the last piece of social pinpoints early sales and growth strategy was getting out there and meeting people at conferences was in the first year, probably was. If not, it would have been the second. So our first one was in Adelaide. We flew down, met a heap of people. And, like, I mean, that is, if you talk about why we, I guess, stuck with it, I think one of the other things we were talking about, was there any hard times and things like that or something like that? There wasn't, but I'd say the thing that affirmed what we, you know, that we liked what we did is the, the customers. I mean, the space, the community engagement space is full of people. I'm not, I'm an introvert, I'm not a massive people person as such but these people are all communication people and marketers and not only that they're they're in that space of trying to make positive change in the community so they're just really good people we'd come from this is going to sound bad but we came from mining so it's a big change when you're doing software that potentially is you know 
quote-unquote hurting the environment in some sense, in some areas, but even the people that work in mining, nothing against them. But it's a different clientele, I mean, you know. And then to go to that, it was just, this is awesome. So we had so much fun, like, and the conferences. Even now, the culture that we built in Social Pinpoint, I believe, flows into our brands and known for being fun and stuff in that sort of environment and really being a leader of trying to keep it fun and, and relaxed and lightweight. Like every email we use, like we'd send and, and our language and stuff and how I'm talking now, like we never, this is how I dress it, yeah. it walking into a council building. You know, like we didn't, we just went, we're, we're a soft, software techie company. We're not like your IT staff. Again, nothing against their IT staff or the IT vendors they'd be dealing with probably is more appropriate. And that was one of the selling points too. Like for them to do a website update, that can take weeks to get through IT and how it does it. Where now we want to give them a platform that they have full control of. Their security and council can't get in the way as such because they're not in it. Like it's outside the, yeah. So providing they have ability to use another platform, which they do once you have get through some loops and you know, obviously have to have the data stored in in certain areas and all that. But once you do that, then you know it was a really good selling point, especially back then, um, because. Everything moves slower in government. And it was conferences that landed Social Pinpoint their first client in North America. Our biggest growth right now is in the States, and the first clients we got were through conferences that we went there and got the client. It wasn't like years. It was We got a few Australian ones, a fair few councils. Like I can't remember when Newcastle came on, but it was fairly early. There's some Sydney ones, and then I think we got one or two first sort of American ones, or North American ones. The mapping always evolve. Some of our biggest features were added because of, I think it was the port of Vancouver in, in um, Canada that they needed some, so we thought we were going into a quiet Christmas and we spent like weeks doing all these new advanced map stuff for them because they were putting huge things around their, their port at the time that we wanted to support. And entering overseas markets was always something Social Pinpoint was looking to get into. Australia is like 20-something at the time, 22 million or whatever it was, people, 24 or whatever it was then. America's 300 million. Then whatever we're doing here, at that time, you know, the first year you hit 50,000. So you're like, okay, well, maths tell you then this should be a half a million dollar business if we'd started over there. Like, that's sort of the, yeah. the simple math. So the Social Pinpoint team have come quite a long way in the last seven or so years and have grown in team size, customers, revenue and features. And even today, we're still known as the map people. And mm. I think we do have the best mapping tool, but we're not just a mapping tool anymore. We're a full platform, which people can set up websites and do all that stuff. Colin always wanted to build a business that was profitable from day one. I'd say all the time from when we started to close the finalization of selling the product it was profitable and i guess that's what we did with social pinpoint and it's not always the right thing but that we felt like that was i know it's just in keeping with newcastle culture a bit as well that you know if you're making money you're less stressed i really enjoyed sitting down with colin to talk about social pinpoint and the last thing i asked was what his advice would be for new founders if you love business and how to start a business and run it and especially if it's a SaaS business or whatever all the tools you use all the financial modeling how you do all that it's relevant to pretty much 99 percent of any other business so you can apply it to anything and you don't get fixed but you won't get as down when things don't work for your particular solution you're happy you're easier to pivot into something slightly different and you can stay the long I just think it helps you stay a bit more even keeled mm. for the long game rather than go, oh, I really love this niche. I'm going to go at it. Oh, it didn't work. I'm going to kick it in and stop. I mean, I guess that's why I see in the messaging of 
fail fast. It's sort of true, but it's also like, hey, a lot of the solutions would have probably lasted if people just kept at it a bit longer sometimes. Depending on what it is, sometimes it's just about staying in longer. Thank you for listening to the story of Social Pinpoint. I hope you enjoyed it. Everything that was mentioned in the episode today is on the show notes page on welcometoday1.com. These incredible founder stories are made possible by our supporters. We can't do it without them. And I'm just incredibly grateful for their commitment to our local startup community and in helping us spotlight these amazing founders who inspire me and I hope who inspire you too. Next time on Welcome to Day One, Mike McKinnon from Decky. I wouldn't say I was necessarily interested in business. I definitely was interested in creating and building things, I suppose, designing things. That sort of evolved then into, well, let's create and design something that's useful for people. Mm-hmm. And then at some point, I guess, there's a realisation there where you go, okay, well, maybe this is something I can do for a living. Hi, my name's Mike. I'm the founder and CEO of Decky. The City of Newcastle's Newey Hub is our major sponsor and I'd just like to take a second to express my gratitude for their support. Newey Hub is a great new initiative from the team at the City of Newcastle. It's an online community to keep up to date with what's happening in our region from an innovation perspective and a hub of great resources. I encourage you to check it out and sign up to be a free member. You can learn more by clicking the link in today's episode notes at welcometoday1.com or by going to newyhub.com. That's N-E-W-I-H-U-B.com. This episode was produced by me, Adam Spencer, with audio editing by Natalie Holland. Information about everything mentioned in this episode can be found on the show notes page at welcometoday1.com. Music by Lee Rosevere, full attribution on the Welcome Today One website. If you'd like to support this show, please consider leaving us a review or supporting us on Patreon. I'm Adam Spencer. Thanks for listening.